G'day, I'm Megan Woodward and this is Crop to Top, the Cotton Info podcast. Conversations to help you grow. G'day, I'm Hamish Clark from Clark Farming Group. We're at Nimboida Bogabella. Thanks for joining us, Hamish. Tell us a bit about the size of the property and what you run here. Nimboida is 3,000 hectares. We're a mixed farming and grazing operation, growing wheat and barley in the winter and sorghum in the summer. Tell me a little bit about the history of this place and your career to date when it comes to Clark Farming Group. Nimboida has been in our family since 1927. I have been running Nimboida since 2005, together with my wife and our children. Tell me a bit about the crops. Has it always been predominantly mixed? Yeah, so always been mixed. We're dryland cropping over about three quarters of the farm. The country type doesn't suit cotton here, but on Turkey Lagoon and Parkdale we grow cotton back towards Bogabilla. Tell me a bit about the uh, 4A into cotton. How new is that and what sort of trial and error has gone into growing it in that area? Relatively new. We bought Turkey Lagoon in 2016 and Parkdale in 2020. Cotton isn't so much new to us. My father started growing cotton in 89-90, north of Gundawindi, all rain grown, and my brother operates a irrigated cotton farm north of Gundawindi. It's relatively new to me, but as a family, we've been growing cotton for a reasonably long time. I guess to talk through the story of the one tower that we're standing in front of today, how long has it been operational for, and what are some of the gains you've had in that time? The tower went live around about Christmas time. In terms of gains, we've seen, I think it's been around that efficiency. So it's knowing when we absolutely should be pulled up and being able to plan ahead with our spraying program. Tell me a little bit about your decision to become an early adopter here. Tom Dowling from Goanna Ag approached me a number of years ago about the option of possibly hosting the site for the first one network. We jumped at the opportunity because we thought that it was a way of advancing, I suppose, technology to help us with decision making around spraying and to improve our efficacy of our spraying. We have weather stations on farm already, so we're already recording our weather details while we're spraying as part of our compliance requirements. It just adds to that information that we can add. And I know I've got a lot of neighbours who are also utilising this base station for their own spraying. We're very mindful that there's a lot of chemistry that we've got available to us that in the event of a major drift, we're not going to have that access to chemistry and and that for us is really important. The last thing you want to be doing is drifting your neighbour's crop or your own. Absolutely. There's a big stewardship piece around it, obviously. Have you got an example of when it's saved the day or a particular example of something that's been a little bit easier or you've had that heads up that you wouldn't have had otherwise? I think it's probably when you're using you know, residual brews that you know aren't going to keep in a tank overnight. So it's about knowing how much you can do on that last load. And that's always been the challenge. You know, you get to four o'clock in the afternoon and you go, right, have I got time to get another load out before we get an inversion? And I think it's definitely helped where we might just do a part load to finish the day so we make sure we're flushed out and we don't have issues with product going off in a tank. We were talking before, Hamish, and you said obviously spray drift isn't something brand new and inversions isn't something that you've just decided to look into. It's something that you've always been managing. 
But can you tell me how having the tower on your property has, I guess, given you that extra tool in the toolbox that's given you a bit of a head start on potentially somebody else that doesn't have it? Oh, absolutely. Look, we've always been aware of inversions as being an issue when we're spraying from simple things of, you know, pouring engine oil on a hot exhaust on your spray trailer to see where the smoke's going to looking at your dust and just really simple things in the environment that you can see. We've always known it was there. This was a way we could actually quantify when it was likely to start. And I think what has really helped us is the two hour window where you look at the app and it can say that there's an inversion likely in the next two hours. And that helps our decision making. If you're gonna go and fill up, whether you're gonna do a full load or a part load, or whether you just go, right, that's it for today, we come back and we do some more in a few hours time. What's been interesting is the times of day isn't always relative. We've always been very aware that spraying at night comes with a a whole new level of risk. And I suppose there's a lot of nights where you can't spray, but there is some nights where the conditions are correct and you are able to get a load or two done, which just helps our productivity. All right, Hamish, talk me through, I guess, the practicality of it, whether you've got a tower or not, physically being able to log into the app. Tell me a bit about how easy you find to use it. Megan, what we've found is really easy is there's a search function and it picks up whichever tower is closest to you, regardless of where you are. You log into a tower and you can set it as your home tower or whichever tower you want to use. It's then able to show you whether there's a a hazardous inversion currently present and whether it's predicting there's going to be an inversion in the next two hours. What we also find is useful is there's a history tab which shows you when the inversion goes in and out and we find that quite useful. So you can see if it's looking like it's starting to trend downwards, that can quite often give you an idea that there's an inversion coming, whether it be two to four hours away. What does that mean, I guess, in a practical way around what that allows you to do or not do in those timeframes? It's about planning your spraying program around that. So knowing that if you've got an inversion coming, in two or three hours time that you need to be finishing that load off and about planning how much time you've got available left to spray for the afternoon and it's generally that late afternoon is when we find that it's it's usually starting so winter time it's probably 4 30 to 5 o'clock and you're wanting to be packing up the app itself have you found it easy for your staff to get on board and understand and utilize it as well Yeah, absolutely. It's um, quick to download. You haven't had too many issues with people using it. So from that point of view, it's a well-designed and simple to use app. The usual issues of connectivity is probably our major issue. And unfortunately, that's something that without a bit of uh, spend from some telcos, we can't really fix at this stage. That's probably the only real issue is having access to it. That said, it doesn't seem to draw a lot of data, so it does load up relatively easily. So that's been a bonus. I guess for people in a district or a growing valley that have a tower in their area, not necessarily on their property, obviously there's huge benefit to them as well, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. And I believe there's 99 or 100 towers across a number of growing valleys. Being able to find a base that's within 30 to 50 k's is going to give you some very valid information on what you're doing on farm. You mentioned before that you were surprised that you've obviously always made a safe educated assumption that nighttime was off limits but you've had some examples what since you've had the tower that you have been able to go out after dark I guess obviously that's a bit of a tick for the system as well isn't it because that's additional productivity like you say 
During winter, not so much. You don't get the conditions that are compatible with doing it. But during summer, we're finding that, yeah, there is some nights where you are able to go and use products or go and do a few loads. I don't use 2,4-D at night. We don't use 2,4-D when there's cotton out of the ground. So we're a bit limited from that point of view. But there's definitely nights where if, if you're using a, a weeded sprayer, there may be an option of being able to go and do a couple of loads in the evening when conditions are more compatible, especially during summer. Quite a generic question, but when it comes to being an early adopter of new technology, how have you found it? Not necessarily even with this particular product, but what I guess is your end goal or your interest in being an early adopter when new things come to market? I think it's about pushing the tech in terms of you know what's available and utilising it. We're still doing the same job, but we're probably able to do it more safely and I suppose I just enjoy doing new things and trying it out. Certainly it has been good dealing with the guys at Goanna in terms of the programming of the app. There's been a few development things that we got them to implement early which has made it a bit more user friendly and yeah that's been great to to work in with those guys and, and have the system working really well. Absolutely. Final question from me, but from an industry point of view, having this kind of data fed to you easily, can you put a price on that? That's a good question. There's always a price on productivity and I think it has made us more productive. I probably more look at it from the point of view that you put a price on what it's going to cost if you have a drift event and you go and drift your own crop or your neighbour's crop and I think that's probably the way that I look at it that yeah there's been productivity gains but it's avoiding those monumental stuff ups that you just you don't want to be having that conversation either with your agronomist or with the neighbour's agronomist about what's happened to someone else's crop. From our point of view that's been the key to it. Music.